Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And before I introduce our absolutely incredible guest today, I'm so excited to have him on our show. I wanted to share a little quote with you that I was reminded of last evening. And that quote is from Henry Ford. And he says, whether you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. And I I love that quote. I'd forgotten about it. It came up at our board meeting last night. And it was like, you know, that's that's really one that's worth repeating because it's true. If you say if you set a goal to do something or you set a goal not to do something, you're probably going to be right either way. So with that, oh, I'm just so excited to introduce our guest. Our guest today is Sean Swarner, and he is truly, truly, truly an inspirational person. His uh, I saw his name come across my LinkedIn account one day and I was just so motivated by his story, so I reached out and invited him on the show, and there you are. (laughs) So, um, Sean is a philanthropist, an author, and a keynote speaker. He is a two-time terminal cancer survivor who's dedicated his life to helping others reach their full potential. So, I'd say he's in the whatever-you-say-you-can field. (laughs) That would be my guess. Sean created Cancer Climber with his brother in 2001. It's a nonprofit organization that pays for and travels with cancer survivors to climb Kilimanjaro, and we're going to hear more about that later. Sean's passion for climbing and adventure blossomed after becoming the first cancer survivor to summit Mount Everest. He is also the only person to complete the World Ironman Championship and the Explorer's Grand Slam, which we'll also talk about, um, which entails climbing the summits across all seven continents and reaching both the North and the South Poles. I'm so excited to have you here. He has inspired and won the hearts of millions to redefine their own impossible. Welcome, Sean. Thanks so much for joining our show today. Hey, Becky, I appreciate it. After listening to that intro, I was like, wow, I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> well, I was just, when I, when I saw your thing come across LinkedIn, I thought, oh, I've got to have him on my show. What are the chances? And and here you are, you're actually home too, which is very cool. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I wasn't sure it. where you'd be, be out, you know, climbing some new mountain or something. So, so Sean, if you don't mind, would you just take a few minutes and first off, tell us, Tell us about your cancer story because my, you know, the audience that listens to this is we are we're a global audience. We've got people in, listening in 113 countries, which is pretty darned awesome, I think, and a lot of them are cancer survivors. And I know that your story is going to inspire them as much as it did me. But I would love it if you would start with your cancer story. Tell us about what happened when you were a kid. Oh, absolutely. And, and even before I begin, um, anybody who's who's a survivor, you know, we all have our own stories and we all have those those ups and downs and we all have challenges. And, uh, you know, we all have two ears and one mouth for a reason, I think. And <laughs> we can learn something from everybody. So my story is, is just that. It's it's just my story, you know. And, and before I even begin, I don't, I don't want people to try to compare it because everybody has their own proverbial mountains to climb. And what I'm about to share is, is just me and it's just my story. So I love that. Thank you. That's that's, oh, awesome. that's my, awesome. my pleasure. You know, I was, I was just a, a normal kid growing up in the Midwest in, in a little town called Willard, Ohio, where my, my backyard, depending on the season, was either a bean field or a cornfield. And, uh, you know, as a little kid, I was causing trouble just like everybody else. My brother and I would climb trees and we would build forts in the backyard. And in the uh, the cornfield, we would uh, knock over the stalks to to have a little fort. But I was normal, you know, quote unquote normal, as normal as, you, as normal as you could be as a teenager, I suppose, until about 13. And I was going up for a layup in basketball. And when I came down, my knee just, I could hear it ripping, kind of like, uh, yeah. like, when you, like when you're eating, exactly, when you're eating turkey dinner, you know, you're eating the turkey leg, you can hear the, the, the tendons and, and everything just kind of ripping away from the bone. Oh, what, what a knee. visual. <laughs> such a visual. Ah. <laughs> so, so yes, as you can imagine, you know, my knee swelled up uh, tremendously. And I, I didn't go to school the next day. The day after, my whole body was swollen. In fact, every joint was so swollen, I looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. 
So mm. instantly, mom and dad, like, oh, we, we know something's wrong. So they took me to uh, a specialist, and they thought they didn't know. They, they said it wasn't the knee. So they took me to my local doctor, and they started treating me for pneumonia. And it's it's pretty difficult to, to cure cancer when you, by sucking on a nebulizer. That, that, didn't, that didn't work. So they took me to Columbus, Ohio, where after a number of tests, and as a 13-year-old, they called my mom and dad into the room, and they basically told my parents that their firstborn son now had an expiration date of three months. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh, the heart-wrenching moment that must have been for them. Oh, absolutely. And I I didn't find out later, uh, until later, that that's exactly what happened. So I went through... You know, a, a number of months of, of chemotherapy, and I think it was about a year. But I, I do do remember there's one time, it's still incredibly vivid in my mind. You know, I'm 13. My friends are at that age, you know, hormones are kicking in. They're growing hair in unusual places on their bodies. <laughs> my hair is falling out, and I remember being in the shower. And in one time in the shower, every time I brought my hands down from washing my head, my hands were literally covered in hair and I, I collapsed to the shower floor on my hands and knees and I, I was just in, I was weeping, you know, thinking about everything that my friends were doing that morning, getting ready for school and what they were worried about and, you know, me as a 13 year old, I wasn't worried about the, the being popular. I wasn't worried about the clothes. I wasn't worried about the hairstyles and I think maybe back then it was the Reebok pump so my neighbor was probably going 26, <laughs> 27, 28, you know, ready to go to school. <laughs> So, oh my gosh! Well, I do. I do know that feeling of the hair coming out in handfuls. I I know that feeling very very well because I've lost hair a couple of times, and I'm about ready to start on a new regimen that's going to cause it again. So, so I do know that feeling, and it's very traumatic. So, so what happened then? I just you know you're you're just a normal kid, and all of a sudden you've got the weight of the world on you. Absolutely, but but I also going back to the shower scene. You know, I. I also remember in that same moment that I realized, you know, and it just kind of, boom, it hit me. Like, you know, I have a choice. I could either fight for my life or give up and die. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue fighting until I'm dead, you know, until my last breath. And it was also, as, as a 13-year-old, I look back at it and think to myself, man, how was I so, I don't want to say wise, but insightful. Because I, I decided that I didn't want to focus on not dying. I wanted to focus on living. Oh, I love you know, that. There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. There is. There's a huge difference. And at 13 years old, to figure that out, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Sean, let me ask you, did your parents tell you the news that, that the doctors gave them that you had basically three months? They did not. They told me I was, quote-unquote, sick. And the, and the reason they told me that was because my step-grandmother passed away from cancer a few months mm. beforehand, and they didn't want me to associate cancer with death. So they okay. were protecting me from it. But you know, as, as a, a snoopy teenager, you know, everybody's one at one point in their lives, you do some research. Like, well, look, you know, these nurses are running in and out of the hospital room. The doctors are coming in. Mom and dad don't look the same. Something's going on. Right. So I did my research and found out that Hodgkin's lymphoma meant cancer. And I was like, oh, God, you know, here we go. Wow. So, obviously, you got past that. Um, and so did life kind of, we're going to kind of take the little the shortcut here. So did life sort of return to normal after that for at least a while? It did. It was absolutely normal, you know, for a year. I was in remission for a year. And then in one day, I was going in for a checkup. When in in the process of 24 hours, they found a golf ball sized tumor on my right lung. They did a needle biopsy. They removed a lymph node from my neck. They put in a Hickman catheter on my other ch- other side of my chest. They mm-hmm. did a thoracotomy where they cracked open my ribs, took out the tumor, put in a drainage tube, and started chemotherapy in less than one day. Wow, they got serious, didn't they? It, incredibly, because I was I was diagnosed with a type of cancer that affects three out of a million people with a prognosis of six percent. So, and, and I know that this was like, this was your, your really short, I mean, didn't they give you like 14 days or something that you'd be, it'd be surprising if you were still alive two weeks later? Exactly. Or did I miss it? Okay. So I didn't get no, that, that part that's wrong. It. Oh, that's, that's incredible. That That's, and so again, did they tell you anything other than you're sick? This time around, I, I, I knew and, and they knew as well because 
You know, I, I went through the first cancer, which, which the second one was completely unrelated. It was two primary cancers. And, and you're right. I remember laying in the hospital bed and a man of the cloth came in and started reading me my last rites. And, oh, my you know, gosh. I looked, yeah, I looked at my mom and my dad, kind of like the uh, the intro from uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. You know, I looked at him. I was like, "What? What are you doing? Get out of here!" You know, I'm, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> my last rites. Yeah, no. Um. Wow. That. Oh, my heart is just pounding right now listening to your story. So again, short. We're gonna short circuit this. You got past that one, obviously, because here you are. I. You know, I don't even know how old you are. I don't know if that's something you talk about. But how many? Do you mind telling us how long ago all that was? Well, the first cancer was 88. I was 13. So if you're pretty good at and quick at math or have a calculator around, Not you can figure right. out that I'm 45 years old. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And then the second time was a year later then because you said you were right. in remission for you. Okay. Wow. So I, you know, I, I read in, in part of your story just somewhere that you were voted one of the top eight most inspirational people in the world. I am not surprised at that. When I read your story, I, I would have agreed. Um, how did that come about? Do you mind just sharing just briefly who how that came about? How did that happen? <laughs> that That's actually funny because that, that's a great question. I was going to ask you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, a, a couple people, and I've also been voted with um, the top 10 as well, with people like um, Bruce Lee and um, uh, Richard, uh, Richard, Sir Richard Branson and some others. Winston Churchill's in that list. And, and I don't know how, you know, little old me got onto that list, but <laughs> I'm incredibly honored to say the least. And then I went through yeah. it thinking, you know what, half these people or, or the majority of the people on that top eight or top 10 list are dead. So sh- should I take, like, should I be worried about that? Well, now they're a lot older too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> true, very true. That's pretty. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so, Sean, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit because I want to get into the climbing, and and so I'm just gonna kind of switch this around a little bit, and I'm just gonna ask you, when did you, you know, here's a kid, you're climbing trees and stuff in your backyard, but somewhere along the line, you developed a passion for climbing and adventure. You know, you did the Hawaii Ironman, mountaineer climb. I mean, you just did all these things. When did you get interested in all of that? You know, honestly, it was after college because in in high school, I was known as cancer boy. I mean, every, everybody knew I had cancer. I grew up in a small town. I went to college. I turned into Belushi from Animal House. I had a wonderful time. And then I decided to take my life a little bit seriously. I, was, uh, I took the GRE, moved to Jacksonville, Florida, enrolled into a doctoral program actually took a sabbatical and I guess it's a lifelong sabbatical because I, I don't I don't have any plans on going back but that's when I decided you know I I need to do something bigger I need to use literally the largest platform in the world to give hope to people who are battling for their lives and that's when mm-hmm. I came up with the the half crazy idea of hey um, by the way I have one lung and I'm going to go climb Mount Everest so okay, so I I had when I heard that when I heard that you did that with one lung. I mean, you know, right now my cancer has kind of moved into my into my lungs and liver and bones and some other places. But um, I struggle getting up a staircase sometimes with, and I still have both of my lungs. If you you know, kind of one and a half, I suppose. You climbed a mountain <laughs> with one lung. How did you How did you do that? You what know, kind of tra- on, on- what kind of training did you do? Well. It, it starts with the mind, and I'm a huge believer in the mind-body connection. And on my business cards is a picture with a quote on the back, and it says it's a it's a quote by Nelson Mandela. It says it always seems impossible until it's done. And going back to your quote from Henry Ford, you know whether you think you can or you can't, you're absolutely right, and I firmly believe that. So if if you look around the world and you see anything. Any idea, concept, car, microphone I'm speaking into right now, the computer I'm looking at, you know, anything, a watch that I have on my wrist, anything at one point in the t- at, it, at time was an idea, a concept. And somebody believed firmly in their idea. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they continued pushing forward because they believed that idea would come true. So anybody like yourself, mm-hmm. if you want to not be winded going up the, the stairs instead of looking at it from, hey, I don't want to be winded. Hey, I want to feel confident and strong going up the stairs. You have to just push yourself over and over again, but you have to believe it's something you can do. And then as opposed to just normal visualization where people think, okay, you know, I see myself doing it. What they miss is a key component 
And that key component is the emotions. So every night for nine months before I went to bed, not only did I move to Colorado and train and go up and down these, these mountains out here with 100 pounds of rocks in my backpack, but I also visualized myself and not just visualizing, but I felt myself emotionally attached to the end result. So I saw myself there and I felt myself successful. You know, I, I love that so much because it, it is easy to get focused on the thing you don't want to do. And the first thing that happens when you focus on what you don't want to do is you end up doing it because that's where your focus is. And I get winded every time I come up the stairs. So I'm going to change my focus and I'm going to picture myself coming up the stairs as a healthy person that has lungs, you know, whatever they are, they have lungs. And I'm going to, I'm going to do that, Sean. I just, I think that that is just such a simple thing, but Anytime, like they say, if you're driving in a car and you pull up alongside a lane with a big giant truck in it, don't stare at the truck nervously because what's on your mind is, oh my gosh, I don't want to run into that truck. And the chances increase that you will run into that truck if you do that. Absolutely. You know? So don't think about running into the truck, just plan to get around the truck, you know? So it's kind of, is it really that simple? It, it really is just focusing on what you want. I mean, it, the same thing when you're driving and you're sliding on ice, wherever your eyes are looking, that's where you're going to end up going. So instead of what people need to do is they need to not they need to be focused on what they want, not the avoidance of what they don't want. I love that. Focus on what you want, not the avoidance of what you don't want. That's perfect. Uh, it's a great it's a great message. You know, we are we are up on our break right now. So we're going to take a quick break, but please everyone stay tuned. This is going to get even better and he's already given us a an an armload of stuff to wrap our arms around. So so Sean, thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, Decide that you have something to say and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here.
tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. Before we bring Sean back on, just really quick, I wanted to tell you that there are four ways to get involved in our show. One is, of course, to share the link to the program so people can listen in and and hear the same benefit of what you're receiving today. Uh, Another way is you can donate to the radio show so we can keep this going on forever. And you can donate via text by just simply texting BF Radio, which is for breast friends, BF Radio to 41444, and then that opens a new window so you can actually make a donation in any amount. And then join Breast Friends Around the Globe, which is a special um, Facebook group page, and um, just introduce yourself to the group, let us know who you are and where you're listening from, and comments on the show would be great. And then finally, of course, to nominate yourself as a guest, because I'm always looking for great guests, and I know this is a tough act to follow, but like Sean said, we all have our own story, so you don't need to follow in his footsteps. We just we need to talk about our own footsteps. So, so with that, let's pick up where we left off, and Sean, I know during the break, I, just before the break, I said, so is it really that simple? And then when we got off the air, I asked you, okay, now it's just you and me. Is it really that simple? <laughs> so, and I thought, well, if he gives me a different answer, then we'll just keep it between us. But he basically gave me the same answer, but you added to it, you talked about the laws of attraction. And I thought, you know what, we need to have our audience hear this part. So um, so anyway, I yeah, let's, let's talk about that real quick. Tell us about the laws of attraction and how that helped you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... You know, the book, The Secret, it's a number one bestseller, what, millions and millions of copies. It's a great introduction to that. And I think a lot of people don't fully understand the concept or they have a, a misconception about the uh, the law of attraction. It does exist, but like I said, people need to understand how it works. <clears throat> so it's not like you can sit in the corner of a room and wish to win the lottery. It, it, that's just not going to happen. You know, it's, it's, I mean, first of all, you have to get out of your house to go buy a lottery ticket. So if you don't even do that, you're not going to win the lottery. <laughs> but the main component that people don't understand is once you visualize yourself at the end with those, with that emotional attachment, and it has to be real because your brain, they've done studies. Your brain doesn't notice the difference between vivid visualization and reality. So what happens is when you picture yourself in the future, but live that future you in the present with those emotions, with that success, that those feelings, what happens then is your brain filters out the stuff that, that's insignificant, that's not going to help you reach a goal. And it starts f- filtering in and it actually helps you focus on what you want to accomplish. So it, it's just, like I said, the secret and everything else, it's it's a good introduction, but people need to realize that it's actually how your brain is, is wired and how your brain functions. So it'll actually open up different opportunities if you keep your eyes open for those opportunities. You know, I love this so much. And, you know, I, I have to say, we have some similar thoughts on things. People ask me all the time, how did you survive cancer five times? Well, you know, it, it's kind of that same thing. It's looking for the blessings in it. It's kind of seeing yourself on the other side of this um this challenge i'm in right now is a little bit tougher because it's now stage four and it's spreading but here's what what i just learned from you that i'm going to do i start a new treatment and i've been so focused on how sick it's probably going to make me and losing my hair and all these things but you know what i'm going to visualize instead because i do believe in that power of visualization i'm going to picture my next scan when my doctor pulls it up and says wow the chemo is working and your tumors are getting shredded. (laughs) That's what I'm going to focus on because, you know, to focus on anything other than that is just really quite self-destructive, it sounds like. So I'm going to focus on that, Sean, and I want to thank you for just your candor in all of this, and and I I love this. So so we're going to move on from that because that was – really important to talk about, I think. Um, so let's talk about, you know, you talk about impossible. What is impossible? So you've re- redefined impossible. What does this mean to you? And how do you instill the belief in lifestyle in others to redefine impossible? <laughs> well, it's, first, a bi- it's a big topic, I know. <laughs> it, it is. But if you look at the word impossible, and you break it down, take out those first two letters, what do you get? Mm-hmm. Possible. 
I'm possible. Yeah. It's, it's oh, all Oh, you don't remove them. You just separate them. Okay, exactly. I gotcha. Okay. I'm possible. It. And it's, it's all about perspective and how people want to look at things. You know, and, and a great, great concept is also uh, when, when you, every single person is a representation of repetition. So what, what do moms do when they wake up? What do dads do when they wake up? What do Olympic athletes do when they wake up? You know, I'm not saying that we couldn't be an Olympic athlete. It's just our actions turn us into who we are. So if you want to change something, if you want to do something different, you have to be different by changing something small during your day. And for me, one of the things I do all the time is when my alarm goes off, I hit, I hit the button, I, hear, I turn it off, and I instantly get out of bed. The reason is because if I hit snooze, I'm subconsciously telling myself, you know, my day can wait. I'm not too excited to get to it. But if I hit that alarm and I turn it off and I jump out of bed, I'm like, let's do it. You know, you're, <laughs> I, I'm telling myself over and over and over again. But if you're hitting snooze every day, what are you psychologically telling yourself over and over and every day? Good point. Good point. Like life doesn't matter. Let's just delay it a little longer. And how many times can a person hit a snooze button? I mean, I, I can hit it lots of times if I really want to. <laughs> but I, I'm with you on that. I, you know, I sometimes I'll hit it once. But you know, you got to get you got to get going. And kind of my my philosophy is a good way for me to start my day when I feel like crap and I don't want to do anything. Is I take a shower, and I, my audience has heard me say this a million times. Just take a shower, get the stinky clothes off. And you can always put them back on when you're done with the shower, but chances are when you're done with the shower, you're not going to want to. And then once you're dressed, then your your day kind of has takes on a different appearance, you know, and you start thinking about, well, now that I'm dressed, now what do I do? I can go out and take my dog for a walk, you know. Absolutely. Other than, the other option is to spend the day in my pajamas and and be stinky. So I don't, I don't want to do that. So anyway, um, but okay, let's talk about, I want to talk about your documentary, True North, The Sean Swarner Story. I, I watched that documentary, and Sean, it is brilliant. And so, um, you you know, you're doing so many great things. I don't want to run out of time. So, um, let's let's talk about that, if you don't mind, just briefly. How did that documentary come about? Oh, for sure. There, there's a company called The Workshop, and a guy named Tom Farrell, who's a good friend of mine, and he and I decided a long time ago we wanted to do something, and it was the ending of what's called the Explorer's Grand Slam that you mentioned before, or the Adventure Grand Slam, which I, I mean, personally think sounds like a Denny's breakfast platter, but I didn't name it. Um, <laughs> That's how I remember the name. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it, it was the ending of, like, the, like I said, the Explorer's Grand Slam, which is the seven summits, the highest mountain on every continent, and the North and South Poles. And I was finishing with the North Pole. So he decided, all right, well, let's do a documentary. Let's do a film about it. It's 54, 55 minutes long. And we put it all together. They did an amazing job. I mean, the footage is just beautiful. But while you're watching it, keep in mind that it was 80 below zero. And a lot of times the, the cameramen who were up there couldn't, couldn't focus because the oil in the lenses was actually freezing. It was so cold. But it was just, it was a, such an amazingly beautiful trip and the culmination of, you know, the past X number of, of years. But the most important part, and I'm not going to give too much of it away, it's, I guess, at this point, it's kind of like the Titanic. You, you watch the movie, you know, you know it sinks. Going into the movie, you know it sinks. You know I make it to the North Pole. I, I was taking, again, I started off with Everest and on the highest mountain on every continent, and I'm doing it again, I'm leaving in a few days, taking names of people who've been touched by cancer on a flag to the top of Kilimanjaro. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing with a flag to the North Pole, and on that flag were names of thousands of people touched by cancer that were, that were giving me hope, you know, giving me inspiration, pushing me. They were in my sled, so they were essentially pushing me to the North Pole. Wow. And I remember in the video, you're still adding names on the way to the North Pole. I mean, you were absolutely stopping at night and writing down new names, maybe of people that you'd met since you had the flag printed initially. And then you just kept adding names to it. That's that's amazing. Um, and so those people kind of just kept you going. I, I could see that very clearly in the movie. That was that, that was a really big turning point, I think, just seeing the, these people pushing you forward and doing it for them. It was like you were doing it for them, and it was really, it was really cool. <laughs> so I really uh, highly sure. recommend anyone who has uh, has a Prime Video, you can watch it on, on the Prime Video channel. I'm sure you can probably buy the movie as well. It's probably something you want to have in your collection anyway. Um, really, really a good movie. So, Sean, 
you know, I, I don't, again, I don't want to run out of time and we have so much to talk about. I want to talk to you about Cancer Climber because I know you take these trips to Kilimanjaro and I think you've done 17 of them so far or something. Do I have that right? And you're coming up on 18? Yeah, this will be my 18th trip up Kilimanjaro. Wow. So tell tell our audience about that. I mean, I I can't even imagine what that's like. So can you paint paint a a picture of the day of climbing Kilimanjaro? That's pretty cool. It's 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 a life changing trip. Any anyone can go, but every year the Cancer Climber Association funds a survivor's trip for free, and it's the 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 survivor's responsibility then that year to raise funds for next year's survivor, essentially paying it forward and keeping it in the cancer family. But what happens is, you know, you you get to a point in life where you know for Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever whatever you want to celebrate. For me, it's Christmas, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. to the point now where. I enjoy giving more than receiving gifts. And it's it's because I've been up the mountain so many times now, I, I know what to expect. I'm like, oh hey, there's there's that bush I recognized from last year. There's that stone that hasn't, you know, moved. But what happens is we get to the top, we climb all night long, and it's essentially an endurance hike. So anyone can do it. I've taken 13-year-olds to 70-year-olds. And like I said, it's life-changing because we get to the top after hiking all night long. We leave around 11 p.m. or midnight. We finally summit about 8 a.m. So when you get up get up there at over 19,000 feet, you see the sunrise coming up over Kenya. And it's almost like the opening scene of The Lion King. You know, whoa, oh, wow. or whatever they say. It's beautiful. <laughs> and oh, you get to the picture. top. It's unbelievable. And then so many people, including myself, just weeping, you know, because of the emotions that just come pouring out. And they always come up to me and they say, thank you for getting me here. And I instantly turn it around and I say, I didn't do anything to get you here. And in that split second, they become empowered and they realize, you know what? I got myself here by myself. You know, I got here myself. And I think it, in that instant, that one, in, in, in two seconds, their entire lives change for the better. Oh, that's, what a, what a, what a visual. I mean, again, you, you really have a way with words, I have to say. I'm, I'm picturing the Lion King in that opening scene. I oh, just, yeah. So, have you ever climbed Mount Hood in Oregon? I have not. My brother lives in Portland, though, and I would love to. Well, my husband and I were married 40 years ago, and Mount St. Helens, which if I think it's in the same mountain chain-ish, I just don't know my geology very well, but um, it was uh, it blew up the morning after we were married, and our, we oh. had family that couldn't get home, but we had our honeymoon scheduled to spend at Mount Hood that night at Timberline Lodge, and it, it, the ba- place was basically vacated because everyone was afraid the mountain that Mount Hood would blow up next, but it's 11,250 feet high, so it's it's pretty high. It's not Mount Everest by any sense of the imagination but but it's still a pretty high mountain so I tell you what if you ever decide that you want to hike up Mount Hood now I'm assuming we're not climbing like with climbing tools but I would love my husband and I both would love to at least hike part of that with you, <laughs> you know? absolutely my wife and so, I'll come out Wonderful. And if you come out here, we will make sure that you are well taken care of and we would love to do that with you. So something, a good goal for us to look forward to. So um, so Cancer Climber, let me go back to Cancer Climber. So you've been doing these trips to Kilimanjaro and people, do they raise money? I mean, I know you do some of them, some of it's fundraising, and but do people have to raise their own money to go or at least a portion of it? How does that work? Anybody else who wants to go on the trip, yes. The only people that we cover the, the costs are for the, uh, the the survivor that goes. So next year we actually okay. raised enough money to take three survivors. We were going to take wow. three three survivors this year, but you know the state situation in the world was a little difficult. So yeah. um, we're we're uh, waiting we're waiting on that one until next year. But people can go to my Facebook page. It's just Sean Swarner uh, on Facebook, and they can add a name to the flag, and then the funds from oh. that actually support the survivors for next year. Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. Well, you know, you're you're just such an inspiration. So, okay, the next big trip is at Kilimanjaro again, or do you have something else that you're that you're throwing in there just for fun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well, sure I would call it just for fun, but you know, I'm sure you do. So, um, so what's what's next for you, Sean? 
The, the next thing is is the Kilimanjaro trip, but okay. um, I've also put together a program. It's a series of seven challenges, three weeks per challenge, where I help people tap into their own personal core values, which are essentially their intrinsic motivators. And especially okay. now, people need it more than ever. You know, people working from home, they, they need that inspiration, but it's not the, you know, the $500 Starbucks gift certificate. That's an extrinsic, that's an extrinsic motivator. It's not going to last. It's going right. to be the short time. But knowing what you want for your core, this actually through neuroplasticity helps people change the way they see their world. I love that. You know what? We're out of time for this segment, so we're going to come back and finish this at the at the end of this break. So I want to hear a lot about that, and then we're going to talk about your book and some other things that you're doing. You work with the NFL. I mean, you just you you're just a well-rounded kind of guy. So let's talk about all that when we come back from our break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at Electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with our guest, Sean Swarner, about his amazing life and just, oh my gosh, I'm just so inspired, Sean. So um, I want to ask you, you know, I, I know it's tough sometimes for everyone, and I'm going to guess it's tough for you too, to stay motivated. How do you stay motivated? And, you know, for some of us, it's it's goals, short-term, long-term goals. How do you stay motivated? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you think I'm uh, motivated all the time, it, that, that, that'd be a lie. If Thank, I you. <laughs> no, Thank I, you. Thank you. So you are human. I, <laughs> I have actually um, been sitting on a couch, you know, not recently, but I've 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 sat on a couch before, binging, uh, you know, something on Netflix, and all of a sudden I look down and I have potato chip crumbs all over my chest and the bag's gone. So, <laughs> it, yeah, I've been there, but the the key is is everything in moderation. You know, like I said before, what you what you do throughout the day, your your habits, and and for most people, we're we're going on, uh, we're we're moving through the world on on autopilot, and we're not even aware of our decisions. And over time, there's something called a compound effect. Over time, those little decisions make a huge difference in our lives. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I focus on the end result again. You know, I realize and I, I become very mindful of my decisions and realize what I'm doing isn't going to get me where I'm going to go. So why would I want to go that way? Why would I want to go point myself in that one direction? You know, and, and a, a great example of the compound effect, most people don't realize. Let's just say you keep absolutely everything in your life the same, your exercise program, your, uh, your, your, your diet, whatever. And you decide to drink one glass of 
I don't want to say a brand name, but pop, soda pop, depending on where you're from in the world, for three years. Roughly speaking, it's 150 calories per cup. If you do that for three years, you're going to ingest enough in keeping everything the same to without doing doing anything different. One cup for three years, you will now have gained 50 pounds. But it works in the opposite direction as well. So whatever goal you want to aim for, if you just make small choices and small decisions throughout the day, that those small decisions then turn into throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. So you become a representation of those choices. Mm, love that. I love that. So for you, I know that, you know, I used to set long-term goals. Now I kind of set more short-term goals because I, right now at this point in my life and where I'm at in my life, it short-term goals feel very realistic to me. Like our daughter just got married in Atlanta. So we had a goal to actually go to Atlanta, survive the coronavirus and watch our daughter get married. And we did, and it was beautiful. And I'm glad I went. Um, So to me, it's kind of like, I've got to stay healthy enough to do that. And then I got to stay healthy enough to do a road trip down to LA. Do you separate long-term and short-term goals? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I was I was going to say, um, it's it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. But you know, mm-hmm. tell that to somebody who's who's circling Chicago O'Hare Airport for five hours, and all they want to do is land. Right. Um, <laughs> Good point. But I, I I I do a lot to to focus on the process. You know, mm-hmm. how to get there because that process represents my life, not the end result. So instead of instead of focusing on success, I focus on constantly succeeding. And one thing my parents told me and I've, I've learned throughout the years is I never had to be the best. And I still, I, I don't have to be the best. I just have to be my best. So I focus on the process of getting there. And one of my short-term goals is to actually help my wife. She runs an online uh, women's accessories clothing or women's accessories uh, company called Origins Accessories. And each portion of, of the sales go to support an orphanage at the foot of Kilimanjaro. So I'm going over oh. there and she's not coming with me this year, but I'm supporting, she's supporting those kids, um, you know, with food for 90, 93 orphans for the, for the entire year. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Good for her. Tell her we said thank you. That's, yeah, that's quite, quite an honorable, um, in fact, why don't you just, just for the heck of it, let's do the, the shameless plug now for your wife's business. What is her website? Oh, or, originsaccessories.com, like the origin, like the beginning of everything, uh-huh. originsaccessories.com, and they're beautiful okay. stuff. I've learned more about women's accessories in the past six months than I thought it would <laughs> my entire life. Probably so, but <laughs> now they're gonna. You're gonna have a lot of a lot of help. I hope so. Originsaccessories.com. So that's we always allow our guests to give a, a plug for their business, but in this case, I'm gonna let you give one for your wife's business too. In addition to what you do. So, Sean, we're in our last segment of this show, and I'm just sad how fast it goes. So let's talk about what your some of the other things you've got. A book. Is it called Keep Climbing? I, I do. I actually have a number of books. Keep Climbing okay. came out a few years ago with um, okay. Simon & Schuster. Um, self-publishing, another one called Everest Becoming Unstoppable, then Kilimanjaro Into the Self, which is a series of seven books representing the seven mountains I climbed called mm-hmm. The Seven Summits to Success. And is that part of what you were mentioning in the last segment about um, kind of the workshop and getting people, is it all connected to that or is it something, is the workshop something different? It's the workshop is actually something online, and okay. I, I I tend to stay away from the word uh, program because people think okay. oh it's going to be like school you know I have nine thousand things to do every day this is just my, making micro changes and helping people be more okay. aware of of what their motivators are. Okay, and is that something that people can sign up from anywhere in the world? Yeah, exactly. SeanSwarner.com. Okay. There we go. Shots from Sean Swarner and Sean is S E A N folks. There's a lot of ways to spell Sean, but S E A N Swarner, S W A R N E R dot com. So that's excellent. All right. Now you also work with Fortune five hundred companies. Tell us about that. Oh geez. I I I love giving presentations and I've I've worked with uh, companies like Google, Merrill Lynch, um, Guinness was a fun one. I've I've worked with uh you know, probably broke a few of their records, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was kind of funny working with uh, working with Guinness. I got up there and told my story and everything I've done, and all of a sudden the CEO gets up and says, "All right, now I don't want to hear anybody say we can't reach our numbers this year." <laughs> <laughs> so it's your fault. Okay, right. got it. 
<laughs> That's great. So, so what else do you do for them, for these Fortune 500 companies? So I take them through a keynote presentation, which is anywhere between 45 minutes and and an hour, uh, because I think that's a time span for most people. And I walk them through my story. And inside the stories, I actually have embedded messaging. And I wrap it up at the end and saying, hey, you know, kind of like those yellow books, you know, whatever for dummies. This is kind of like, hey, this is what you learned while going on the journey with Sean. So it's it's more of a uh, an experiential presentation than just, hey, you know, here are the facts, here are the figures, here are the numbers. And it, and it motivates people for, for life. It doesn't just get people going, you know, that's adrenaline, you know, get up and do some jumping jacks. No, this gives people insight to what makes them move, what makes them motivated, what makes them want something, what makes them crave success and how to get it, not just what it is, but actually how to do it. I love it. That's great. Um, so, oh, and this is something that you do in your spare time, which I'm sure you have just tons of. Um, <laughs> so, how do you, how do you prepare? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just ask a question I hadn't asked you about. How do you prepare for these climbs? Because we still have a few minutes left. So, when you're getting ready to do a climb, like you got Kilimanjaro coming up here fairly soon, I presume is it July or something? When are you doing that? I'm I'm actually leaving in three days. In three days, okay. So, how? What do you do to prepare yourself for that specific trip? I mean, I, you know, I know you've been preparing all along for lots of different things, but for this trip coming up, what does that mean to you? Preparation time. So, preparation-wise, what I do is a, a couple months out, I start. I start slow. And I, I go out hiking. It's, it's just kind of like, uh, it's akin to running the New York City Marathon. You know, if you're going to train for the New York City Marathon, you're not going to go hop in a pool and put in laps, you know, until your arms fall off. You're going to go out and run. So the right. same thing here. I live in Colorado. I go hiking. And I eventually work up to more and more weight in my backpack and longer and longer times being out on the trail. So, but I, I, I do things a little bit differently where I train so hard. I, I train harder than what I think the actual event is going to be. And I did the same thing for the Hawaii Ironman and Everest as well. So that way, when the actual event comes around, I'm thankful I don't have to work out anymore. <laughs> I, that's great. I, what, a, what a wonderful way to look at that. So so you've just been out doing more weights. You pull. I, I think I saw, if I remember correctly in the video, weren't you pulling tires or something behind you to just kind of... <laughs> Tell yeah, I don't rem- I remind me. My brain, I don't hold details very long sometimes. But no, um, that's that. You're you're absolutely right. I was uh, pulling three or four tires around my neighborhood. Just obviously not not the the way that they're supposed to be or the way that they're designed to go in a car. You know, that'd be easy. Just roll them around the neighborhood. They were laying right. flat, and the friction alone, because I was simulating what it would be like to pull a sled going up to the North Pole, and you should see some of the looks I got from my neighbors. <laughs> Probably one of envy, actually, because there's like, whoa, I'm not sure why he's doing that, but the fact that he can is pretty impressive, you know. <laughs> now, you guys don't take dogs on your trips, right? I mean, they're not dogs pulling the sleds. You guys are pulling them. We, all human-powered. All human-powered. That's that's crazy. So let's, let's switch back again here. Let's talk about the NFL. What do you do with the NFL? Is it similar kind of training or is it still all the emotional, mental training? What do you do with them? Well, I'm, I'm also a certified professional coach. So I've worked with a number of people before. And I've, I've worked with a couple of um, a couple of teams where, you know, I'd, I'd go in there and I'd, I'd work with the, the guys. So I, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say who, but... Um, I won't tell. Anybody going to tell? <laughs> well, I, I don't think they're doing so well right now, so okay. that's why well, maybe I shouldn't tell. say. <laughs> All right. We'll let that, we'll let that one go. <laughs> but I, just just like working with, um, you know, CEOs or anybody who wants to, to push themselves a little bit further, you know, I help them understand that their energy level, what they put into it is what they get out. You know, the amount of effort and beliefs that they have – what goes into it comes back tenfold, and they just have to understand. It really all goes back to understanding what your personal core values are, you know, and those can be different for everybody. You know, it, it sounds similar, and I'm sure that because of of who you are and what you do and the physical, you know, aspects of your life and what you're involved in, but it does sound a bit like life coaching. 
And um, because that's a lot of what you learn in life coaching, it's not so much where you've been and all the problems and how do we overcome the problems. It's where are you right now and how do you plan your life going forward? Is that kind of what you're what you're talking about or is it way different than that? It, it, it is very similar because if, okay. if you look at life, like you said, you know, people who are living in the past are, are, or people who are depressed are living in the past. People mm-hmm. who are anxious are living in the future. So Mm -hmm. what people need to do is just be very mindful of what's happening right here, right now. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do about changing the past. I can't go back. You can't go back and and eliminate the fact that we had cancer. You know, we battled through it, yes. But if you go back and look at it as the, the, it it helped make you stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, don't don't sit back and think, oh, man, I I feel so sorry for myself. No. Why would you want to do that? Look back and think to yourself, man, I am incredibly strong now because of what I've been through. And I'm going to use that power, that empowerment to move forward even 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 stronger through life. So what happens from here forward is what matters, not what happened in the past. You know, and for our listeners, I really want you to grab hold of that that statement that he just said. Don't look at the past as to why you got cancer. I mean, I've I've talked to women. You know, we've been we've had breast friends for over twenty years now, and we just, you know, it, it was really just an idea in the beginning. But we we've had people that we've met over all these years that try to put a reason why they got cancer. Well, it's probably all that soda I drank. Well. Maybe, but there's no way to really know that. So don't beat yourself up over. If you think it might be the soda, then don't drink any more of it. But um, don't beat yourself up over what you may or may not have done that could have caused it or might have prevented it. And the fact is you had it. Let's move forward with it. And again, trying to find the blessings. I mean, I know my life, Sean, has changed a lot because of cancer. You know, I became a professional speaker, something that I always wanted to do, but then I found out you need a subject and, you know, <laughs> I don't have it in me to climb Mount Everest, but um, but I do have it in me to share my story about how, how you overcome some of these things. And, and I think that that's a really powerful thing that you're teaching our audience right now. Well, we are basically out of time. I know you wanted to talk about the dedication to philanthropy for Kilimanjaro art. Um, don't, unless you can give me like the 20-second version, but we have literally one minute left, not even a minute now. So can you tell me you what that what? means to you? Yep, just just go to seanswarner.com. Okay. Everything's there. You can, you can okay. get 100% hand-painted, uh, unbelievable things. Uh, that's all I'll say. Just go to seanswarner.com. Okay. There's so much more information there. Uh, I'm so, Sean, thank you so much for giving us your time today. I know you're busy. You're planning for your next hike here in three days. Um, hike, Kilimanjaro. Okay. Not a different definition of hike, I'm sure. But anyway, so happy to have had you here today. SeanSwarner.com. Please go to his website. Visit. Let him know that you heard him on the radio today. And we are done. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope. And we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.